that I greet you this morning and very thankful to be able to share a little bit uh, from God's word. Uh, thinking this morning of what February means to a lot of us, uh, Valentine's Day, the Winter Olympics, Black history, and now as recent days, uh, the invasion of the Russians into the Ukraine. Quite a wide range of views. Draws our attention in lots of different directions. Uh, as Christians, uh, you can look at Facebook. There's some good, there's some bad, there's some indifference. But what a day to be in ministry. What a day to be proclaiming God's word. And so I uh, commend all of you in uh, your different roles in, in ministering to those individuals that are called by God to serve. What God calls us to is a life in him, a life that's totally committed to God through salvation through Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to talk to you about love. Not special cards, candy, and flowers, expression. Instead, a love that knows no equal or bounds. The inexhaustible love of God is not just a thing that makes us less upset or emotionally secure. Love is a person. Love is Jesus Christ. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Let's look at this verse. First, God says, Love is great. Now, the word great um, means a lot of things to a lot of people. Amount of intensity considerably above average, which all of you are. So, so many times we use the word great and really not in the, in the right connotation that it means. But God uses it here for his intense love for us without equal. In this verse, John also uses the word lavished, his love on us. The love has been bestowed on us generally and in large quantities. This elaborate and luxurious love that God's poured out has no measure. God's sending his son to die for us. God's love has no limitations. Most of our love has limits. In the love relationship, it has parameters and even boundaries. Marital love between a man and a woman has definite boundaries. The boundaries of fidelity and commitment to each other set that boundary to protect that love when at times the love is tested it becomes stronger or it can break down reconciliation is necessary to bring love back to the boundaries of love that's what we call forgiveness god's great love poured out generously on us has boundaries his love has no limits in measure but yet on a relationship with god sin is our boundary sin can deceive our minds and cause actions and test these boundaries of our love for God. Even when we sin, God never loves us less, but we are less in love with him when we allow selfish desires and ambitions to blur the boundaries of God's love. When I was away from God, he knew I was going the wrong way. He never left my side. Even, even when the enemy had deceived me into thinking, what could be wrong with that? The enemy made wrong look good, appealing. See, if sin had no appeal, we'd never be tempted. However, God was waiting for me. He never left me alone. He was patiently waiting till I came to a wall. I was crushed. I had nowhere to turn. God fights for those he loves. He gently picked up the pieces and began to draw me back where I needed to be. Romans 12, 9 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to that which is good. The enemy can deceive us into thinking that sin's just not the best choice. 
Christians may think that sin's only a thing to avoid if you can. No, we should hate sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin destroys marriages. Sin leads to war, infidelity, incest, abuse. The list goes on. Our world is suffering from the results of sin. So hate is not too strong a word. We should hate sin. Last part of this verse, that we should be called children of God. Last summer, I cared for both my parents in Illinois, never realizing how sick they were. My mother and dad both had lost considerable weight and visiting him in May, I knew that something had to change. My mother went into the hospital and my dad along with her. And so it allowed the doctors just to see what was going on. Little did I know my mother and dad both had cancer. My mother metastasized breast cancer and my dad along with dementia had leukemia and lymphoma. I'm an only child, so the only place for me to be was at their side. So I gave up my job, I quit everything here and had my full attention to them. You see, even though I was their only child, the time now was for me to make decisions. I was called their child on my birth certificate and I belonged to Jim and Charlotte White. They claimed me, called me their child. Now it was time to respond to the claim, caring for them and then eventually burying them 50 days apart. Being an only child can have its perks and its obstacles. It's a lonely time. When I lost both parents nearly the same time, I felt like an orphan. No one except my husband and my son could understand. I needed love, care, assurance, and comfort. But when I became a child of God, I signed up when Jesus became my savior. We made an agreement. I was his child. He called me by name. I am now a child of God. You teach and influence many students who are called by God. They're claiming the call as an agreement to prepare for ministry. They're looking to you to affirm that call, lead them in the path to prepare to follow the call. What love, what great love that the father has lavished on us. He's made it possible that we would be called children of God to follow God's call. May you know that love today in a deeper way than ever. May your words, your actions be out of love that the Father has for you. I'm thinking today that most of us, we hear that word and we use it a lot. But with God, it takes all different connotations. Because his love redeemed us. His love saved us. His love sanctifies us and he keeps us. And one day we'll share that love face to face. And that's a wonderful, wonderful promise that he has in his word. And I thank you for letting me speak to you this morning. I know that many of you are carrying uh, loads and burdens of your own. Appreciate prayer for myself as I have cancer surgery next month, but especially remembering one of our DSs, uh, Reverend Ke Dr. Kevin Donnelly, who has just been diagnosed with esophageal cancer. So I just covet your prayers for him when God brings him to your mind that he will intervene right now. He's going through extensive back-to-back -back, simultaneous um, uh, treatment with the chemo and the radiation enough to shrink. So they don't have to take a lot of the esophagus out at surgery. So just pray for him as you know, others that are in need. Uh, this has been a, a difficult year for all of us with the um, pandemic and the loss, 
when you think of the people that either your friends have lost or even in your own family, it has been unbelievable. It's almost like a wind has swept through our homes, our churches, our districts, and none of us can really understand, but we know whose hand we hold. We, we know who holds the future. And so that's why I want to live my life. I want to be holding his hand. No safer place to be than in God's will.